Thank you for the anointing. Father, we thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to sit at your table and to feast with you by your spirit. Thank you for the holy unction that teaches all things. Father, we thank you this morning because as we are yielding to that unction, we expect blessing this morning. Lord, I commit every heart to you today as we try to ascend this mountain this morning. May no heart be left behind. I pray, my Father. I ask, O oh God, that your spirit come and be the governor, the administrator here this morning. I ask for the, the grace, Lord, for the book to be opened, to bring sight and illumination, to bring understanding, bring breakthroughs, Father. I ask that through the means of words this morning, you will bring baptisms. You will dip our souls, immerse our souls deeper into the waters of the Spirit. Father, I ask you use my tongue today as a pen of a ready writer to write your Spirit, Lord, upon the hearts of your people. Use my thought and my mind and my heart, my Father, in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of wisdom, Spirit of revelation, spirit of understanding. Let it bring help this morning. Make the, our hearts conducive to fit and to sit at your table. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. Please um, just say hi to someone. You can't say shake because we're socially distanced still, so your hand won't get there. <laughs> but just greet somebody, please. Two people, three people this morning. And give them a warm, warm welcome. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we happy to be in the presence of God today? I don't know if you're as happy as I am. Praise God, there's something bubbling up on the inside of me. This morning, praise the Lord. Oh, amen. God has been so good to us. Uh, Father, we thank you. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you. Please appreciate my wife for me. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 4. If you are there, say amen. amen. 
Praise God. Kamaharabasa. Kariyarama Sarabahura. Separatu Kahiga. Kabadonta. Horipasu so 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 maga. Kariadosa Saparadota. Yeramasias. Efren Heno. Efren Helion. Tiger Lushata. Sister Prota. Kaya and Kailam. Kaya Prophetusa. Sir 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 Prophetusa. Savarahaya. Marahaya. Ramanahaya. Ramanahaya. Shebredor. Hebredors. Tebredors. Yikredos, Eremedos, Peremedos, Kepreledos, Hipparados, Hepredabados, Embrehidos, Hariodos, Keranamidos, Elamanamidos, Haramidos, Iranamahidos, Islandos, Furidos, Shidos. Christidos, Christi Christidos, Kiridos, Peridos, Meridos, Marahados. Thank you. Shabaranaheta, Stresses, Potopresses, Potopresses, Potopresses. Put it to presence. Put it to presence. Put it to presence. Bracatari, 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 Bracat
My angel is here. My angel is here. I've sent my angel for you have come to a plane. You have come to a plane and I've sent my angel for to bring you up. For there is my speakings coming to you. My speakings coming to you. My judgment. Don't run from it. Don't turn back from it. For they are to raise you up. They are to raise you up. For those things in you that are standing against the speakings are those that are trying to make you run. But don't run. Keep coming. Keep coming. Give heed. Give heed. Give heed. For my judgments are coming. My judgments are coming. My judgments are coming. Give heed. Give heed. Do not turn back. Do not turn back. Do not turn back. I say don't turn back. For I have sent my angel to this plane where you have come to. For to declare my speaking. For as you speak. I speak. My judgment is coming. My judgment is coming. Stay. Do not run, but come up. For as I speak, there is so much grace for to raise you. There is grace for to raise you. Let the grace overcome the fear of your life. Let the grace overcome the fear of your life. Yield to grace and come up. Yield to grace and come up. For this heart is a heart of meekness. A heart that yields to grace is a heart of meekness. And meekness is what kills your life. Meekness is what kills those things that want you to turn back. Meekness is what puts an end. My sword is coming to those things that make you turn from me. Come, don't run, don't run. I say come up, for as I speak and I bring my judgment, hear me, hear me, says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Lord, we receive your word this morning. We submit fully to you, our God, to chart the cause for us this morning. There is a part of blessing in the Spirit. Help us to find it. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name, we acknowledge the presence of your ministering spirit. This morning, we come under and we yield to his ministration to bless us today. Thank you, our Father. But we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Uh, let's see quickly. Acts first. Just Acts chapter 20. Um, just from, from, that, uh, from that interpretation, uh, it, uh, this scripture just came. I've been meditating on it, but um, I might just feel to read it. Praise God. Um, the book of Acts chapter 20, verse, verse 32. Thank you, Jesus. 
Acts 20, 32, it says, And now, brethren, I, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that which are sanctified, praise God, to, is able to build you up, the word of his grace, praise God, is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Praise God. And we know the word of his grace is actually the, is the word of Christ. It's the same thing as the word of Christ. Amen. Uh, there are the allocations and dispensations of God's word to us. And not every dispensation of God's word can be called the word of his grace. So the word of his grace is the word that carries his grace into the hearts of men. Praise God. You know the Bible says that by grace are you, are you saved through faith. That is the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Amen. It says by grace are you saved through faith. said not of works. Praise God lest you should boast, but it is what? The, the gift of God. So that grace by which you're saved, of course, that saved there is speaking more about the salvation of the Spirit, right? which Ephesians 2 spoke, focused more about that part, the, the salvation of your Spirit, your Spirit coming alive from the dead. Amen. So the, the, that grace by which you're saved um, is the grace, it's God's Grace is actually not grace in you. It is grace in God that makes him save you. It's not easy to save a wicked man. Praise God. A man who is a sworn enemy of God. And to come to him, it is, it is the operation of grace within God that makes your spirit come alive. Amen. So it's by that grace operation within him that made you born again. Now, but that grace of God can operate in God, can move God to raise a spirit, but that grace might not be in the soul of the person. You understand that? So, in order to impart grace to the soul, you need what they call the word of his grace. Amen. So, the word of his grace here is speaking about at what point in the life of a Christian does there begin to be a transfer of grace from God into the, the heart, into the life of a believer. You know, we have to be careful around this topic, okay? Because of grace is a sensitive subject. Do you know why? Because a lot of people have claimed things by grace that you have to be careful not to dispossess them without giving a clear explanation. Praise God. So some people have even claimed eternal inheritance, eternal life, just by grace. Because of grace, we have everything. You know what I mean? So, so there, is, there is the operation of grace in God. Grace is an energy. It's a spiritual substance. Grace is spiritual ability. What makes it able? What made God able to save is the power of grace. Amen. Now, but that grace has to come 
to you according to the book of praise God the grace that should come to you first Peter praise the Lord at the revelation of Jesus Christ say beloved be sober say guard up the loins of your mind and we said hope to the end for the grace of course he was speaking to believers and then he was speaking to them about the grace that should come to them and that grace comes by what the revelation of Jesus Christ do you see that Amen. So the word of his grace is actually, you don't, a believer hears the word of God, so to speak, from when you are a baby, but you don't start to hear the word of his grace until after a while as a Christian. Praise God. The word of his grace is the word that builds up. The word that builds up not just building up, there is a little bit of building up that occurs in the, by the milk of the word. But that building, any building that happens by the milk of the word is a building. If you look at the soul who has fed with the milk of the word for a while, you will see there is a, some kind of stature in them, which is the stature of the milk of the word. But that stature is not able to give inheritance. That's the difference between the stature of the milk and the stature which the word of grace gives to a person. Praise the Lord. So the word of his grace is the dispensation of God's word that's able to build a person with a, in a particular way, with a particular wisdom, with a particular intelligence that makes that building, when it's done its job, that building is able to inherit. It's able to do what? Inherit. Inheritance. Say inheritance. Now, it takes a gracious building, a gracious entity to inherit. When we say inheritance, what are we speaking about? What, do you, what does a Christian inherit? A Christian inherits persons. Praise God. You do what? You inherit what? You inherit persons. The two main inheritances are who? Christ and who? And God. Christ and who? And God. So it takes the word of his grace, praise the Lord, to bring a soul to a place where they are able or they are candidates to receive the inheritance of, what, of who? Of Christ and of who? And of God. Praise the Lord. So this word of his grace is the same word, um, you can term the word of his grace as the beginning word of the kingdom. Does that make sense? It's the what? The beginning word of what? Of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? We've been trying to explain the kingdom. We said that the kingdom of God is the summation of, of the will of God. Amen. Another way to, to term the kingdom is that the kingdom is the summation of everything that is designed or by God for men to inherit. Amen. It's a, your inheritance, and this is, this is the, the problem. Eh? Um, sometimes if we are not, if you're not very, very clear about this thing, there's a way we will not handle the matters of inheritance properly. We'll, we look at it like, um, you know, a, you don't see, when you see something and it's very clear to you that 
this is a pattern, this is a way. The owner of this thing has said this is how we will give it. Praise God. Sometimes that's not really clear to us yet. That the owner of this thing, these natures, have said this is the way we are going to give it. And so when we settle in that way, then we become more interested in the pattern that of how the Lord has laid down for us to do what? For us to inherit. Praise God. So the kingdom of God is the summation of what things men. In other words, what did God design to give men? That's why Jesus was teaching the kingdom, preaching the kingdom, things pertaining to the kingdom throughout his time on the earth, all his parables about the kingdom. Amen. Because the, the kingdom is the interpretation of God's provision, God's gift to his soul. Any soul that doesn't know the kingdom, amen, any soul that doesn't what, know the kingdom does not know their inheritance in God. Praise God. And so you see, the kingdom is, is brought about or is given in the form of words. It's called the word, it's the word of the kingdom. Amen. Then in the word of the kingdom, you begin first with the word of his grace. The word of who? The word of his grace. Amen. Are we blessed this morning? And what I'm saying, is it making sense? Are you sure? You're sure? Okay. Now, let's go to Ephesians. <clears throat> Praise God. So you begin to understand why that uh, interpretation was, what that interpretation was saying. When the Lord was saying, do not turn back, he was addressing the attitude of heart. Amen. Uh, the attitude of heart um, of people who are, who are beginning to be called to this inheritance. Praise the Lord. Now, before I read Ephesians 4, we've been reading um, the book of Romans, chapter, chapter 14, right? And there we saw the, says that the kingdom of God is righteousness. It's not meat and drink but it is righteousness, and it is what? Peace, and it is joy in the what? In the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it now says that um, he who in these things served Christ, will what? Will have what? Accepted of God and what? And approved of men. So when it says he who in these things, it's talking about he who follows the pattern, right? The pattern of things, in the Holy Ghost. The pattern of things in the Holy Ghost. When you follow that pattern, and for you to follow the pattern, the pattern must, the things must be delivered to you. Praise God. You can't follow a pattern that you haven't received. Right? You have to, that pattern has to be unveiled to you. And that's what the word, praise God, is meant for. The word brings about the unveiling of the pattern. The word of his grace introduces the unveiling of the pattern of God's things. And the pattern of God's things 
are, they do not necessarily follow the pattern of men's things. So if you, you cannot think your way into the kingdom of God, you cannot reason your way into the kingdom of God. It doesn't occur. The kingdom of God is hidden. That's what Jesus was teaching. He was teaching the kingdom. All the men around him, the Jews and all those Pharisees, they were knowledgeable in the things of the law. Praise God. They were educated people in their midst and all. But they couldn't decode the language of Jesus, of what Jesus was saying. Amen. So the kingdom can only be accessed by an allocation of word, which the Lord has to give. Praise God. And then we saw that that, that word is governed. The, the, that word is administered by who? By the Spirit. By the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is the one who keeps the... That, those words are ordered in the Spirit. Right? They have an order in which the Lord framed them and put them. It's actually a framing of wisdom for many, many reasons. That it's not just late playing the things of God are not just laid plain. Uh-huh. So one of the biggest warfare that the devil fights against people is that it, it, um, the devil raises offense against the nature of God's preservation of his things. Now, I don't know why we, are, we get angry because it's God's own thing. You know what I mean? He can keep it how he wants to keep it. So it's very easy for the soul to get angry or upset at the inaccessibility of the things of God. Because, and, and, and God is very, very specific. And there's a way God handles things. We like things to just be free. Anyhow, your own, it should be in your own time, your own convenience, you should align with your own idea of how you receive things. But God doesn't, hasn't packaged the kingdom in that way. So check the way God did it. In every generation, in fact, the kingdom is not open to everybody in every generation. In a generation, God can now say, okay, God can even say, I will just go to one or two men or three men, four men. And out of all these men, they are not disturbed, they can give, raise those people and give them the sight, the keys, the access to the kingdom. Praise the Lord. That's something that the devil has done a work um, that in, I think in the church to a great degree in terms of how he's a lie. He has sold a lie that the things of God are easily accessible. That once you get born again, number one, that you have rights to them, that by virtue of being being a Christian, being born again, you have a right to every revelation. Praise God. You can access any thought you like. The scripture is open to you. And there are scriptures we use to back up those things. That you, you don't need any man. There is no mediator. The only mediator is Jesus Christ to you. That you have the Holy Spirit. He teaches you all things. Those are all scriptures that you use. So when, when we, those scriptures, when you meditate on those scriptures too long, now when I say meditate, I mean you are meditating, but it's an evil spirit who's, giving, who's revealing it to you. 
praise God, when you meditate on it and by the revelation of, an, of evil spirits for too long, after a while, you, I feel you don't even need your, a pastor anymore. You feel like the reason why you are going to church is just to encourage him. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> so the church will not be empty. So you say, God, this is just my, you know, Christians are interesting. Praise God. We see going to church as service. Ah, I'm serving God, though. So that God, you know, this is just the one we have to do. We have to go my duty post, my attendance. I pay my tithe. I pay my offering. Praise God. But, you know, spiritual things, we think that those things are just accessible. But they are not. They are not. It takes a lot for God to give the trust, to put the trust within his soul to, to gain access to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is the most difficult thing to access on the earth. The thought of the kingdom, the idea, for one little, every time a little idea of the kingdom comes, you should worship and thank, thank God. Because of how, praise God, how God, you know the Bible says, bind up the testimony. Seal it. Seal it among the disciples. I know those disciples are not ordinary people, right? That's so it means kingdom, the testimony only opens up to disciples. And Jesus said that if, that if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. So that word he was speaking about, praise God, was the word that he was teaching to them as Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. You know, there was a dispensation of the word of Jesus of Nazareth, which he was teaching to those who were following him. And that word, that word of Jesus of Nazareth was actually, it was actually a trial. He was using it to sieve out souls and sieve out men. Praise God. Some of Jesus' disciples, were, some were just living constantly. You know, when you hear disciples in the Bible, it's not just the 12. You know, the 12, Jesus had to choose them by, by it was heaven who chose. And he has to use specific sight to choose them. Amen. I think it was in Nathaniel, he saw while you were under a tree. I saw you, means he was seeing them in the spirit. Praise God. So that those ones, he had a lot with him. Praise God. So those were the, the apostles, but the disciples, there were many. They, they could have been thousands. And they, and they could have been coming and going, some of them. At some point, Jesus Christ spoke, and then when he was thinking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, after he was just teaching and maybe he was engrossed in the revelation. Because that was a powerful revelation about the, maybe he has been trying to teach that message for a long time, you know. Then he finally arrived at the flesh and the blood. And after teaching and he looked up and he didn't see anybody <laughs> anymore. They said, what's wrong with this man? This man is mad. Does he want to give us his flesh to eat? Praise the Lord. So, so those disciples are people who are able to continue in his word to gain the discipleship status. Then when they are disciples, they will now begin to know the truth. That's what it says, right? Continue my word, then are you my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and then the truth will make you free. So there is the beginning of the truth. Amen. Are you seeing the word the truth? The beginning of the truth or the word of truth is also the word of his grace. They are the same. The word of truth 
is also the word of what? Is grace. Those are not common. You have people on the earth who have never heard truth before. They know many facts and everything, but they've never heard truth. Truth is a special commodity. And truth is not something that's open for every man to know. There is a way heaven is their property. The property of heaven. There is a way they determine in every generation, in every city, in every place. There is a way they have, there's an administration around the way they commit truth. Amen. Amen. Now, now, these things are simple things, though, but not simple, because many of us haven't agreed with all these things to start with. Some souls don't really feel, don't feel they need to be discipled. Some souls don't feel they need to be, what's the word? That some souls don't, don't feel that men have, need too much input in their development. When I say men, I don't mean just ordinary men. I mean men who God has committed things to. In that book of um, um, sorry, Acts we were reading, you know, there's no time to read the whole thing, but he was speaking to, um, Jesus was speaking to elders in, in, in Ephesus. Was it Ephesus? Yeah. He was speaking to elders in Ephesus. So that was the same place where he said that you should be careful with the flock of Christ, to feed the flock of Jesus, who, 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 who let's read it, whom God had made you overseers. Amen. I don't know why I'm flowing here today, but maybe I should just continue by God's grace. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Um, I'll read Acts chapter 20. If you read from verse 16, Acts 20, verse 16, it says, For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not um, spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, and then he called the elders of the church in Ephesus. Praise God. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came unto Asia, after what manner I have been with you in all seasons, serving the Lord. And he continued speaking. Then he got down to verse 28. Then he said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, and then unto all the flock which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he had purchased with what? With his own blood. Praise God. So, so it means that the, the flock which God purchased with his blood, he committed them to elders who he made overseers. And he gave those overseers the, the instruction to feed the flock of God. Of course, what do they feed him with? What, does it, what do they feed the flock with? They feed the flock by the allocation of the word of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. With the word, the allocation of what? Of the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom. 
Amen. Now, that word of the kingdom, um, you see that the, the person who actually was, is giving the word to, amen, the person who actually is the real minister of the word of the kingdom is the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Because when Jesus was living, Jesus, that word of the kingdom, Jesus first brought it. The first time the word of the kingdom really came to the earth was when Jesus came. Amen. He, he grew into it. Praise God. He, and he embodied it. Then when he was living, he said that I'll pray the Father. The Father will send you another comforter. It means he was a comforter. Jesus was a, was a present comforter while he was in the flesh, right? But he now said that he will send you another comforter. He said that, but this one will be with you forever. Amen. Then he began to speak about that. This comforter, his job is, he won't speak about himself. Amen. He said he will guide you into all truth, but he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he hears, he will speak, and then he will show you of things to come. Praise the Lord. So that Holy Spirit, and you see in the book of, um, 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 sorry, 1 Corinthians, you see um, chapter 2, he begins to speak about the, the activity of the Holy Ghost, his operation of searching and revealing, searching and with revealing. Where he says, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has he entered into the heart of any man. You see, that statement, it has not, never entered into the heart of any man. It's not possible for him to enter into the heart of any man. Those things which God has what? Prepared for them that love him. Even though they love him, God has prepared things for them. But those things does not occur to them. He cannot enter into the heart of any man, but as he has revealed them by his spirit. Because the spirit searches all things. Yeah, even the deep things of God. The deep things of God means the things of God that are hidden. It's not at the surface. They are, the, they are hidden in the depths of God. Praise the Lord. That it will take the Holy Ghost, amen, to what? To bring things out of the depths of God and reveal those things to man. Amen. Now the Holy Ghost is... He's very, to understand the Holy Spirit, we don't, most of us don't really understand the Holy Spirit. We don't understand the Holy Spirit. We just know a little aspect of him like we're saying on Wednesday. Just a little, just a little aspect. The surface, we are, we just, we just know the surface of the Holy Ghost. We don't know the, we don't know the Holy Ghost in his full operation. In his full capacity. Praise God. There are, there, there are dimensions of the Holy Ghost that, does, that you, you will not find upon every Christian. Right? There are dimensions of the Holy Ghost that every Christian has to a, to a degree. Praise God. Which is just, I call him his, his spiritual outward person. Or it's his shell. Amen. The Holy Ghost has like a shell. The shell, it means the, the, the first aspect of him that you relate with. 
when you're, when you're coming from without to the Holy Spirit, there's a, first, there's a shell of the Spirit which you encounter. Many of us have only experienced the shell of the Spirit. And that shell of the Spirit is, is distributed to men, to many, like the day of Pentecost. When he came down, he saw tongues of fire upon the head of different, different people, and they began to speak in tongues. And all those operations of the Spirit, are, many of those operations are operations of the shell of the Spirit. There are, there are dimensions of the Holy Ghost that's not given just broadly like that. That there are dimensions of the Holy Ghost that are allocation to the allocation, the specific allocation by heaven for to men, individuals, praise God, who are because of access to things, praise God, to secret things. Amen. So there are dimensions of the Holy Ghost that if the, those, what that dimension is keeping, if you don't have anything to do with that aspect of what the Holy Ghost is keeping, there's no business of that measure, dimension of the Spirit coming to you. There are operations of the Holy Spirit that if you bring a person with the shell of the Spirit, they come and witness a certain operation of the Spirit, they cannot identify it as the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they even fight it. What is this? <laughs> Praise God. The first time I experienced the, I experienced, what do I put it now? The activity of, uh, Amen. You know, the way John, John called this dimension, he called it the holy unction. Right? The, the holy unction, the book of, of First John. Praise God. See that you have an unction from the Holy One. Right? You know, having an unction from the Holy One is not being filled with the Holy Ghost. Not everybody who is filled with the Holy Ghost has an unction from the Holy One. Right? That thing was, when it was saying, Yeehaw, he was speaking to those people he was writing to. In John, there were people who had grown to a certain place where they had grown into the holy unction. Praise God. So he said that you have an unction from the Holy One, and that later I now began to speak of that anointing which you have received of Him. Praise God. He said that that anointing which you have received of Him is not Holy Ghost sent down, you know, in that general sense. He's talking about Amen. Praise God. There are aspects of the Holy Ghost that is not transmitted by broadcast. That's, maybe that's the best way I can say it. Amen. You know, if you're, a radio, if you're broadcasting a radio right now, a signal, you can broadcast a radio signal, from, maybe from a station. That radio signal, it doesn't discriminate. As long as you have an the antenna, Tune to the right frequency, you can hear what he's saying. So that's what you call broadcast. That's the, that's the Holy Ghost that's given. The measure you receive 
when you get born again, it's the broadcast dimension of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's, it's, already, it's, it's there. If you, it's just key into it. You know what I mean? Just key in, by, by belief, by faith. Just key into it, and you get filled with it. That's a, a dimension of the Spirit. Now, there's dimensions of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. That you can't receive by broadcast. It can only be the point inside souls. And you have to go and draw from, an, from a soul that carries it. God does not broadcast the things of the kingdom. They have to, before, before they transfer it, the, the, the measure of security inside the soul from where they are transferring has to be wrought in the recipient, receiving soul. They, they have to come by communion to draw that measure of the unction. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? See, <laughs> there are there are dimensions of the spirit you will never have if you never come in contact with people who carry it. You will never. You cannot pray yourself into it by, by yourself. You cannot get it. It's not possible. The way, this, the way, the way that thing even rests is not, not just... I got filled. No, no, no. It's, you're talking about measure of, they call it unction. I love the way they put it, that you have received of him. You received of him. You received of him. I strongly believe the transfer of that unction is part of the reason why Jesus had to teach for 40 days after he resurrected. For, for the three and a half years he was ministering, he did a lot of preparatory work, so he doesn't have to from scratch. But after he resurrected, means that by his resurrection, spirits could come alive. Praise God. You can, so those men were candidate of receiving those things. He began to minister. You saw the flow of unction, but those guys on the way to Emmaus, right? it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a release of, of unction. Person, it's from person. Right? It's from his person. As he was opening the scripture, he was talking about it. They had, it did not our heart born within us. And, and Jesus kept doing that to his disciples for, for what? 40 days on the earth. The Bible says teaching and speaking of things pertaining to the king. So, there is unction of the spirit that only rests with kingdom materials. That if you don't introduce materials of the kingdom, you, don't, you can't bring certain dimension of the unction because it has no use. It doesn't work. Try and use it to get breakthrough, get a job, a car, a house. It will not work. <laughs> Praise God. Do you understand that? It's... It's a, it's a different unction. I, I was saying, I, I remember the first time when I, I had experience with the unction of the Spirit. Amen. And it felt different 
to me than just because I used to pray in the spirit. Amen. I pray in the spirit. I've experienced feeling and feeling and feeling and feeling in the meek level of the Holy Ghost. But when the word of Christ, you know, it's now the word of his grace, the word of truth, began to open, I began to say that that word began to come with another feeling. It's not the same feeling. It came with another feeling, another tongue. I began to pray in tongues. My tongue began to change. I said, who is this person praying? What tongues are these? What language is this? What, even the feeling of, the feeling of the unction, amen, that of the, the say the teaching unction. The teaching unction, not, not just the anointing to teach Bible or to know the Bible. We're talking about the, uh, the unction of the spirit that, that administers the secrets of God. Praise God. The dimension of what? The spirit that does what? That administers the what? The secret of God. If a heart is, is, is shut to the unction, even if you, you can drop a revelation in that heart, it will not survive. That's why sometimes you see someone, you have to teach the same thing and teach the same thing. And teach the same thing. And I've experienced that sometimes a soul can open their mind to receive your understanding. But their heart is close to the, to the flow of the spirit of, of those words. Do you get me? It's like taking a fish out of water. At, at first the fish is still dancing. I'm alive, I'm alive. And you feel, wow, this fish is alive. But if you leave it out of water for too long, what happens? It's not, it's not in its... Uh, it's not in its natural atmosphere. The, the revelations of the kingdom is like fish that swims in the water of the unction of the spirit. It cannot survive for long outside of its habitat, out of the, outside the waters of the, of the Holy Ghost. The waters of the, of the spirit, of the secrets of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are we making sense today? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the scriptures a little bit. We'll speak more about the Holy Spirit. Uh, just, let's just speak a few things from... Um, Let's see Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 4. I'll read from verse. Um, okay, let's see chapter, chapter 1 first. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 first. Ephesians chapter 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we're, I think we've been anchored around the, the place of peace with God, right? Um, in the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and then joy in the Holy Ghost, right? So we said that peace is a key marker, right, of inheritance. Amen. Is a key marker of what? Inheritance. So, the way I'll put it, put it peace, I wonder why we're we talking about peace, 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 peace. And I believe this is why the Holy Ghost is doing that. It's because when you begin to arrive at peace with God, that's the, that's the first point where you can tell that everything you've been doing, you've been doing it properly. It's, it's, been, it's been working. It's been according to pattern. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Now, every, because every soul that has had access to the word of righteousness has some measure of righteousness. Either even if you just have it by revelation or you've obeyed at a level, at a dimension, you have some stature. When you've obeyed a little, you have some stature of righteousness. Amen. But, but like I said before, that having some, some measure or some stature of righteousness you can have righteousness that does not amount to any marker of salvation. What that means is that you might have righteousness in a way, but, but when the enemy comes, he knows where the holes are to get around you. In other words, you can still be stolen from, you can still be killed, and you can still be destroyed. Right? Because you don't have, the, you don't have all the defenses that a soul should have against the enemy. Praise the Lord. But, but the, the reason why they are, they are speaking about this peace with God is that, is that the peace with God, peace proves that the righteousness that you are holding, you are having, is according to the pattern. Right? Which is, of course, that pattern is the pattern of the Spirit, is a pattern in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We're seeing how it's possible to, to hold righteousness, hold the truth in some measure, according to Romans, that they hold the truth in what? In, un, in unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. So it's possible to do that. But the, the, the point of peace means the, the place where you've started making peace with God is the point where um, is a, it's almost like a marking point. They say, okay, wow, you have this, your journey of righteousness has actually been done well and it has been done by the Spirit. So, any soul that ventures into righteousness but doesn't venture it with the ability and with the administration of the Spirit, in that matter, you will not arrive at peace with God. It will, it will be there, the revelation is there, the instructions are there, but the soul will not arrive at a settlement in that matter. That's what peace is. Peace is a settlement when there's no longer enmity with God. Do you see that? And to get a soul to that, to that place, some of us, we wrestle with same things. Sometimes the same instructions for, for years. The same instructions. Amen. Amen. Some of us, the same instruction, okay, we try, okay, this route, use this route, this revelation, we use this scripture, 
use this understanding. You use different method to, to get that thing home. <laughs> but we're not arriving at peace. We're not arriving at peace. There's no settlement in that aspect. There's no settlement. It's because it's not, it's not possible to make it's not possible to make a stature stay and stick without the, the administration of what? Of the Spirit. Praise God. I don't know if I'm using the words that we are, we are getting, we are understanding. Amen. Is my language getting across? Okay. Praise God. So in Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, um, chapter 2, sorry, let's read chapter 2 first. In Ephesians 2, let's quickly see from verse 12. It says that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. We're strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God. So they are speaking of all of us. Every single one of us, praise God. Where we, we, we were coming from. Right? We are all born. Is there anybody who is a Jew here? You have a Jewish blood or something. Like, there's nobody. So we are all coming from, praise God, we all fall into this category. We are the ones they were writing to. We're here. We're strangers from the covenants of promise and we had no hope. <laughs> Amen. And without God in the world, in the world, but he said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were, who were sometimes, who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. You have been made near by the what? By the blood of Christ. What makes a soul near? Amen. Is what the blood of Christ. This thing called nearness it means that you is to bring a gentile soul near is to bring a gentile soul into the conversation of the covenants, into the conversation of hope. Amen. Com- the conversation of what the covenant, and of course the conversation of hope. What hope? The the spiritual hope. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It says, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Now, this middle wall of partition, or who he made one here, is the Jew and the Gentile. Do you agree? He's speaking of the difference between the Jew. So those who were near, the, the Jews, he calls them near. Why? What makes them near? Because they have the law which, has, which had a shadow of the actual thing which God wants to give. So that constitutes nearness. Do you understand that? The, the Jew, a natural Jew, is nearer to God than a Gentile. Whether we like it or not is the case. And the nearness is not talking about, it's not just a feeling in God's heart, okay, I like you more, it's not that. It's just that by virtue of the things they know, 
You know, in the covenants they have, there are things they keep in that covenant. Praise God. That creates a perimeter around them that a Jew, any Jew who keeps the Old Testament, there's a distance they can go. Because that, that covenant will not permit the soul journey beyond a certain dimension. As long as they are keeping it, if they are not keeping it, then they can journey. But if you are keeping that covenant, because the covenant, the old covenant was a covenant of preservation. That, see those things, they say, don't do this. Even though it was not imputed by revelation. In other words, they are not carrying it in their heart. You know what I mean? In other words, you can say, tell somebody, don't, there are two methods of saving somebody, okay? You can say, hey, don't go and touch that live wire. The reason is because there's something called current and voltage, okay? You explain to them, your body, there's a a peak amount of voltage that must pass through your body. And current, if it exceeds this amount, there will be a problem. So you give them the revelation, you open textbook and everything, and then they understand, and you leave them alone. Praise God. And then they won't go. That's New Testament method. Writing it inside of them, so they won't go. But it's a very easy way to do it. Just catch the guy, put chain in his hand, amen, and chain him to a post or something. Then you can go and sleep. <laughs> he doesn't know why. He doesn't understand why he shouldn't go there. But you know he can't go there. That's what the law is. The law, is a, the law has a salvation in it. But it's a brute salvation. Is that these guys don't even know why. They don't even know why God. In fact, they, don't, they, never, they even feel that what God is saying, this thing does not make sense. In fact, this is just a way to punish us somewhere. This God is wicked. You know when God was and Moses were bringing the law, amen, they didn't, they didn't see anything good in it. But the intelligence is in God, but as long as they are keeping those things, there is a measure of salvation for them. Do you get that? It, it gives them a, a, a position of a kind of nearness that there are some things they won't break some laws they won't break. So because of that, they won't journey quickly into destruction. So they were near by virtue of that covenant. But then when you see a Gentile soul, he has nothing like that. So a Gentile soul by nature is afar of because he has nothing in him that tangents towards God. He has no law. He has no covenant. He has nothing. There is no agreement with God. So he can go, and that's how we all were. Amen in our different cultures and all of that. Praise the Lord. Now, but he's saying here that, so those two men, because of that, there was a a wall of partition between those two, a Jew and a Gentile. That was very, very evident. Even just speaking, because their, their culture did not even permit them from relating, conversing heart to heart with a Gentile. I mean, they can do business with Gentiles, you know. You want to buy goods, Gentiles bring their goods, they pay for it, transaction and all that. But when it comes to conversation, why? Because they believe that if Gentiles' conversation can corrupt their own conversation. Amen. So there was a, a middle wall of what? Of, of partition. So, but verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the what? The enmity. 
even the law of commandment contained in what? Ordinances for to make in himself of twain one man and then so making peace. Praise the Lord. So he abolished in his flesh the enmity. Now, how did he abolish the enmity? What's the enmity? The enmity is the enmity between the way of the Gentiles and the way of the Jews. That, that enmity existed, praise God, between, in men. Praise the Lord. Now, the way he abolished the enmity is by, in his own flesh, praise God, taking the, he removed the, the, the provision of salvation from an external thing, an external law. Amen. Amen. And then he moved it to within a man. From something external. You know, that's where the enmity was. Because I have something that you have. This thing, you don't have it. So there is no way we can come together. The Gentiles had no access to the covenant. They were strangers to the covenant. Praise the Lord. So, but Jesus said, okay, there's a way we can make the Gentiles have access to it. And everyone have access to it. That remove, we remove where it is stored. Are you getting me? We remove what? Where? Now we remove where salvation, or even remove the method of salvation, the method of preservation. We remove it from an external covenant, which was made on stones and all of that. We are now moving it to within. We are changing the method that it's no longer a method of knowing externalities of what to do. Is now a thing of an embodiment of that standard by a man. So if it's no longer external, because the Jews, the Gentiles don't have temple. They don't have tablets. They don't have laws. They don't have stones. So they are hopeless. They are without hope, without God in the world. But when you, you remove it, so they, have, they don't have those things, but they have flesh. They have heart. They have body. So, the, what the Lord did is he, he, he transferred the point, the place, the instrument, the method of making of peace from an external ordinance from a stone, from an external law to an operation within a man. If you ask me, what was Jesus doing on the earth? Why did they send him here? Why did he have to come in the flesh? It's simple. It's to do this. To lift up the testament of salvation. Take it out of the book. 
out of the external. Praise God. Is he, instead of that brute operation of safety, which the Jews were using, instead, bring all that instrument and machinery of salvation into a man. Let a man embody it. Praise God. And now, for a man to embody it, Praise God. For a man to embody it, it must be embodied spiritually. Right? It must change. I mean, the form of it must change. The form of it must what? The form of it must change. So instead of, instead of reading, hey, don't go there. Conduct yourself this way. Praise God. Do this, do that. Keep these things. Keep these ordinances. Keep this law coming externally into a man, which is what you had in the time of the Jews. But instead, devise, invent another method, an installation within a man that he can hear all those things fresh. 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 In real time. In the moment. Say fresh. So, in, in Jesus, God used Jesus, the coming of Jesus to solve many different problems. He was solving, removing the middle wall of partition, bring, bringing the Jews and the Gentiles into one footing. That's one, one problem he solved. Amen. You know, <laughs> praise God. You know, that's one of the, one of the goal of God is to remove the, the difference between the, the, the nations of the earth. His heart is to really save the whole of the earth. But he did that, but at the same time, he then also increased the efficacy. He increased what? The, the efficacy, the power, the potential. Because a spiritual thing will always be better than a natural thing. If, if a spiritual solution is always better than a physical solution. Or a natural solution. Amen. Amen. And this, is, this thing is very, very practical. It's very practical in everything. In your relationships, your friend, your friend has a problem, something he's doing wrongly that he shouldn't be doing. You can choose, there are two solutions between you can have. You can choose a, a physical solution or a, a spiritual one. Right? You can go the way of the law, which is grab him and shake him and shout, do not do this thing. And if it doesn't work, you call other stronger brethren than you. Sit him down and warn him. Praise God. But, you, but you, when you do that, you have not really... It's very, it's very possible that, that your method only works to the degree of fear for you that he has or she. So if that person fears you, respects you in some way, it can work for a while. You know what I mean? But after that, if maybe the, as the respect for you is going down or something is happening, or maybe there becomes a, a higher motivation enters their heart beyond their respect they have for you, what happens? 
they, they go back. Again, that's, that's why the law was problematic. That, in fact, after a while, the Israelites grew out of the fear. They, they grew above the respect of the oracles that they had. They, after a while, they no, no longer feared it. By the time Jesus came on the scene, that was like a code, code red, critical situation. You know, you know how you know it's code red? It's when they start buying and selling in a temple. <laughs> you, know, you, know how, you know that, that temple has, you know before that temple has, has killed guys before. They went, just went to offer fire. Something came out and consumed them. Praise the Lord. That thing was a scary place. But they got to a point where they could buy, they could sell, they, could, they, had, they were doing business, they were doing all kinds of things. In fact, in fact, at that time, they didn't even believe that that thing was, there's anything in that place. They felt it was just a symbolic thing. And in reality, I think by that time, the testament had actually been removed from there. Praise the Lord. But, but you get what I'm saying? Any natural method of preservation will easily be overcome by the soul. There is a place where is the, the door of sin, iniquity, it pumps motivation, strength, strength to disobey, strength to be lawless, strength to do the wrong thing is fueled by that channel. Amen. But instead of going, you know, that there's a different way to deal with people. And instead of shouting, instead of trying to force people to be a certain way, there is another method that can bring a lasting, effectual transformation. It's the method of the Spirit of God. It's finding a way to expose that heart, that soul, to the spirit of development which is what Jesus accomplished. Let's see it here from the scripture. So verse 15 says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to, to make in himself of twain to make in himself those twain means of two instead of two kinds of men. Make them make one new man. So what they are saying here, they are not saying that he merged two men together. That now the Christian is a blend of the Jew and all that. You know, people have that kind of understanding somewhere. We feel like we need to keep Jewish things in a way. We still esteem those things as important. But it's not. It wasn't the blending, praise God. It was even though what he say he dissolved both men. Right? You say both circumcision and circumcision, they mean it nothing. But the new creation. So, he dissolved them and then out of, instead of two, you have one. But it's not like any of the others. He's a new man. So, for to make in himself of two in one new man, so making peace. So, only this new man so this new man is a peacemaker. Praise the Lord. This new man is who? The peacemaker now. Now why this new man is able to make peace? From this verse, you won't see too much, but in the book of, you have to read the book of Romans, 
Romans chapter 8. That's where they, they spoke about, it's where he says here that he abolished in his flesh the enmity. The process of abolishing in his flesh the enmity. In Romans chapter, one, chapter 8, he began to speak about it. I right? said, for what the Lord could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, that God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the fulfillment of, so you see that operation of the fulfillment, abolishing of, of sin in the flesh, the condemned sin in the flesh, praise the Lord, and to bring about the fulfillment of righteousness. So that fulfillment of righteousness, is not just saying alone that, God, that Jesus did what the law was expecting. The law had an expectation of the Israelites, which they could not meet. Praise the Lord now. So that was the problem. They were lower than the law. But even that law itself was not enough. Praise the Lord. So there is something the law itself could not do. That thing, God did it by sending his own what? His own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Praise God. And that same work that was done can be achieved in us if we walk not by what? By the flesh. Say walk not. By the flesh, but by the spirit. Say walk not. By the flesh, but by the spirit. At the beginning of Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk, who walk not after the flesh, but what? After the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from sin. So what's the meaning of that? The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life is an, is an explanation. Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a resolution. They resolve the solution. Resolve it that there is a law. If you just stop at, oh, there is a law. It's because of a law. That's why you, you, rise, you can rise above condemnation. That's a good thing. It's true. It's accurate scripturally. But then I have to tell you that that law is the law of a life. That's another level of resolution. It's actually the law of living. It's the law of a life. Amen. It's the law of what? You know, the law of the Old Testament was not the law of a life. Really. In other words, that law, you can be keeping it, but it has nothing to do with your life. It doesn't, it doesn't even ask questions about your life. That's why they, they even said that that thing, it covers you. It even covers the Gentiles who are living among you. Let them just do the same thing you are doing. They are covered. We don't really care who it is. We don't really, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't tamper. It doesn't interfere. It doesn't ask questions about uh, of the life you are living. It's just it's the law of a carnal commandment. It's an outward commandment. It's carnal. 
So, but this one, praise God, that makes you free from the law of sin and death is actually the law of a life. But if we just say, okay, the law of a life will save you from that thing, it's not still enough. They have to now resolve it further. That was the wisdom of Paul. He had to resolve it. They want to show you what is that actual thing. Praise the Lord. What is, they have to show you what are all the components of this provision. That it is the law of that life has a spirit. If you try to find the law or handle the law or even try to handle the life which the law promised, but you're not aware that that life has a spirit, you will not ha- you won't follow the you won't be able to hold it. So what was operational in Jesus? Amen. When they said here he abolished in his flesh the enmity, how was it? Re- how did he resolve en- enmity? It was that he came into dealings of the spirit of the life. The spirit. Of the life. Say so the spirit. The spirit of the life. Nobody can make peace with God without the spirit of life. Praise God. And we know that this life ought to culminate in peace. That's the, that's the covenant. It's a covenant of life and peace. So if there's a spirit of life, there's also a spirit of peace. It's the same spirit. Praise the Lord. Do you agree with that? If there's a, the same spirit that, in, that installs the life, is the same spirit that administers the life, amen, it will, make, it will install that life till that life makes peace with God. What makes peace with God is a life, a spiritual life, a spiritual word, life. When the spiritual, when you say life, Amen. Amen. Life is not an information. Life is not even one an understanding. Life is an economy of things. Amen. When you, when you hear life, ah, oh, we, we found life there. Life has to do with an organization, am I correct? It means that things talking with each other, things operating, there is, that there is some kind of synergy going on, that things are not out of place. It has vital elements to it. Am I making sense to you? So, it means that one revelation doesn't constitute a life, two revelations doesn't constitute a life, Three revelations doesn't constitute life. Four revelations doesn't constitute a life. If I ask you how many, how many red blood cells are in your body? You can't even know. You don't even, there's no, there's, I don't think there's even instrument that can just count it and tell you. You cannot tell. You don't, but, but at least there's a minimum, for every, every one of us here, there's a minimum number of red blood cells that must be inside you. But if it goes below that, it might be, might be difficult for you to be alive. 
because of, because of, of the, the, the abundance. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh, wisdom. Rich, say richly. So life forms when riches emerge. Rich. Rich. When it's not rich, it can't be living. Some of us have righteousnesses, but we are not, we don't have living righteousnesses. We don't have righteousness to a point where when, when temptation comes, they can talk to each other and discuss and produce a judgment and an answer against it. Some of us, when temptation is coming, the one who detects the temptation is shouting to his mate on the other side, what should we do about this thing? That one, there's no mate there. That one is... <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Maybe the day when that meat should have come, you were walking out or something. Maybe cooking stew. <laughs> and and how do the, how, how do these materials of righteousness come? You know, it's not it's not that it's not mess, it's not when you are listening to message right now. That that, that the properties of that life, the cells of the life of Christ. It's not necessarily as you're sitting here, it's how it's happening. It can be, it can be, as just walking out when you're just climbing that stairs about to, to go, the spirit of the life can just drop something, just something on the inside. Something, are you getting about? So, but if, if you are not subscribed to the spirit of the life, the formation of the life will not occur. So, so that life is, was by a spirit. What Christ said, the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. The law of the spirit of the life. So there's a, a sign they need to give us to begin to zero in on the spirit of life, the spirit of the life, the spirit of the life. The life has a spirit. The life has a spirit. Tell yourself this life has a spirit. It has a spirit. It is a spiritual life. Praise the Lord. It takes it takes the spirit to to bring to bring freedom. Right? Freedom means you move beyond entanglement. You move beyond bondage. Freedom means that you have, you have something that answers every question that everything, every question of sin and death that seeks to bring the heart into bondage. Right? There's something inside you that can always generate an answer, generate a judgment for every situation. Okay, so if you if you you don't have the furnishing or you don't have the machinery to generate the answers against every layer of sin and death, you cannot say you are walking in freedom. You cannot walk in freedom, right? Say the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from what the law of what of sin and death. Praise the Lord. 
So having abolished in his flesh the enmity, back to, to Ephesians chapter 2, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, amen, for to make in himself of twain one man, so making what? Peace. Say, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemy thereby. And verse 17, then he came and preached peace to you, which were what? Afar off and to them that were near. So both them that are far and them that are near have to hear the message of peace. So after in, his, in that one body, by the cross, which was in his own body, right? In his own body, which Romans chapter 8 spoke about. Amen. Amen. Condemned sin in his flesh. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in who? In them, that which is in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So it means that you can come into the same operation Amen. For that righteousness to be fulfilled in you by walking not after the flesh, but after the spirit. But how do you learn, how do you walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit? It's by a ministration, right? That he in whom it has been accomplished must come and preach it to you. So, here he says he came. So after he has slain the enmity, in verse 16, he says he came and preached peace to you, which were what? Afar off, and to them who are near. So both men who have been abolished have to now learn what? Peace. What's peace? Peace is the nature, the DNA. Peace is the DNA of the new man. Because both men have been dissolved and he now made of twain one new man. And that new man has a message. He has a gospel. It's called the gospel of peace. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So he came and preached peace. So the reason for preaching peace is to train the soul to train a person to walk not after the flesh, but to walk what? after the spirit. To walk not after the flesh, but to do what? To walk after the spirit. You need to walk after the spirit. So we're, we're tying that Romans chapter 8 and this place now. So why... You need walk. See, after. So, to walk after the Spirit means you are following the Spirit. You are following the Spirit. You are following the Spirit. Walking after the Spirit is an attitude of heart, which the soul must be trained on how to do. Does that make sense? Now, the walk after the Spirit is important because it's only the walk after the Spirit that can gain what it calls access. Here, let's read verse 18. It says, for through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. We have access by who? By one Spirit 
unto the Father. We have access by one spirit unto who? Unto. So that word by the spirit is as a soul is walking, the soul is finding access. The main, the main purpose and the reason for peace, for the making of peace, is to gain access. To gain what? Access. To gain access to the Father. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense today? Now, by, by how many spirits? By one spirit unto the Father. By one spirit. Praise God. One spirit here, I don't, I don't necessarily think is saying Maybe the right word, you can replace that word one by the same spirit. They're not saying, okay, you don't use two different spirits. They're just saying that, that the, the access, the, the, what you're saying is that access is definite. Nobody can say, well, I access God in my own way is a lie. Anybody who says that is lying, most likely they don't even know what God is, who God is. All they just means that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You, so the, the access to the Father is by one Spirit. It's by, or you can call it the same Spirit. So one of the signs that a soul is beginning to arrive at peace is you begin to see the sign of oneness in the soul. It's like a, it's a crest. You see oneness in their dealings. Oneness in their conversation. Oneness in their attitude. Oneness. One. Because that, the, the, the access to peace, say straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to life. So anything that has to do with access above is narrow. It's not broad. Some souls are broad. Too broad. And that's what the world does to us. The world wants to expound you. Expound. Expound. And broaden. Say world. That's what they want. Praise God. That is a sign that the soul has fellowship too much with the world. They look, they, 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 they look worldly. When you, are, when, you are, when you are talking to a worldly soul, you have a feeling like you are talking to many things at the same time. And the devil wants to make you like that. Why? Because he needs your channels open. Many channels open. If he comes here, it's not working. He has another way he can come. You have many, you have many thoughts that you, you allow. Your mind is like, it's open, like an open door. 
It's like a basket. <laughs> Praise God. Your heart may be like a basket. In Jesus name. You know, some, 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 some souls are like that. You see some, some hearts. Evil spirits are fighting. Hey, I have room there. Only. I have a, look, I have a space there. Amen. All kinds of manner of spirits. They have, may, may that not be your case in Jesus' name. Say world. But when a soul, a sign that a soul has begun to, the more you journey in righteousness, as you are journeying, you are journeying, and you are getting closer to the door of peace, they begin to gather you from all the places. And to gather a soul is not easy. No, you can't use your mind to gather a soul. The more you are trying to use your mind to gather the person, you see the person has all many, many journeys, many places. Their soul has taken, is taken, has gone on. Praise God. It's a, it's a spiritual walk to gather a soul. It takes a spirit, a spirit that understands all the travels that souls takes. It knows all the journey that souls takes. The, 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 the spirit that can archive all the emotional journeys that the soul has, has gone on. And can, can archive all the damage that has been done by venturing on different journeys. Journeys of thought, journeys of, of emotions. Places we've committed our heart to, our hope, our ambition, our life to. That only, only the Holy Ghost knows those places to gather the soul back from there. Nobody can do that thing. No natural man can do that. No natural man has what it takes to bring a soul back. Our soul has, has gone, many of us, to far countries. What, has tra- what transports the soul on journeys? Ideologies. Images. Promises. Hopes. Painted in the world. The world is anointed to lure souls. Come, come out, come after me. Come after me. Come after me. Or it takes an operation of the spirit. You know the deliverance that happened to the prodigal son, eh? You know Jesus did not explain how it happened. He just said that when he came to himself. Well, you see that, he just summarized it there. But they should have asked him, okay, what happened, how and why? What are the factors involved in him, in him coming to him? I'm sure maybe, maybe that's too big an explanation. Jesus just said he came to himself. Because you see what that, that, that guy had journeyed far away. He has spent everything. For you to spend, because it, it seemed like his father was very rich. So it means that all the places he has spent, where has he been to? Where has he gone to? What has he done? It's not easy. It's not a matter. It's not, one, it's not just one straight journey that he turned around from. He has, because if it's one straight journey, you can't finish that amount of money or inheritance. Like that. It means he has been to places. And every time, if everywhere a soul goes, it drops a fragment of itself. There's a hook. Anywhere your soul has been to, that place can call you. That's why you should not let your soul be going any, to any, anywhere. Some people, where their soul has been to, is just a, a, a place they just visited for a short time. And then so a door was open. When that place is called, they have no resistance to go. There's an, an attachment. A way has been charted 
for the soul into those places. Say so he came to himself. A, that, that thing is the work of the spirit. It will take the spirit to make his soul come back. Come back. Come back from all the journeys that have been taken. So when the soul begins to come back by the spirit, they, they want to begin to compress the soul for, for oneness. For singularity. Singularity. That's a sign of a healthy soul. A healthy soul is singular. When you when you when you when you are speaking to a healthy soul, that's the, that's, it sounds it a soul is sound. It's a healthy soul is sound. Take up, take up, take up, take up this journey of the Spirit. Take up this journey of the Spirit. Take up this journey of the Spirit. For I know many of you are saying, oh, I have no hope. I have no hope. But the Father is much more willing. He is much more willing. Take up this journey. Trust in the journey of the Spirit. Trust in the journey of the Spirit. There's been many, many, many understandings formed in your soul. But trust not in those understandings. Trust in the power of the Spirit. Trust in the journey of the Spirit. For there is oneness only in me. There is unity of the Spirit in me. There is unity of life in me. There is unity of life in me and in no other. Take up the journey of the Spirit and you will come to me, says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. oh. yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, makapapaha. Oh, makarabasihabasa. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I see souls beginning to take journeys back. Beginning to journey back. Beginning to journey back. Souls beginning to come back, to come back, to come back home. Coming back to themselves. By the Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we will get up. We will get up. We will move. 
we will move, we will journey, we will journey, we will journey back, we will journey back by your spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Eliana, come, 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 come as you are, 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 for I am the Father of spirits, I am the Father of spirits, I am the Father of spirits, for even the spirits that have been corrupted fell from my realm, I am wiser than them. The orchestration and the parts of the spirit I've made available for you is way wiser and smarter and greater than anything you can imagine. Come into the way of the spirit. Come into the school of the spirit. Come and be schooled by the spirit. Come and be taught by the spirit. Come, 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 come. For you come, but you hear the Spirit. Hear the Spirit. Hear the Spirit. Submit to the Spirit. Submit to the Spirit. Submit to the Spirit. One step at a time, obeying the Spirit. For the Spirit is me showing you the path to me. Come to me. Come to me. Follow the Spirit, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's a time of healing. It's a time of healing. The Lord wants to heal us. Some of us, because of the way, how scattered we are, it's hard to even, it's hard to, it's hard to even receive the word. Because it's not the same. When you minister to a soul that is together, you can, things can be streamed into the soul. So, because there is no argument against every single point. But when a soul has been too spread out, every single thought that comes from God, there are, there's too much spread in the soul that it, it, it receives assault from all points. It's hard to, for the, 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 the spirit of the world to find a resting place in the heart. And that's one of the main things that the devil is doing with 
this the world right now, the way the world is right now, is to, is to trigger journeys, make the soul. You know, the, the, you know the, there's a, one of the things that the world is suffering from right now is hypersensitivity. Everybody is sensitive and offended about things that don't matter. About useless things. Things that you didn't even know were things before. People have taken them, they are, they are offended. Offense? <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? From, from nothing. And that, those, that offense is coming from, is from, is from the, the, some, is an evil spirit can pour fuel of feeling, care. It's not care, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a stealing operation to steal your attention. To steal your focus. You know, this current push of, you know, I don't want to say too much stuff. Yeah. You know, some people feel it's time for reckoning in the world, you know, social justice-wise and all of those things. You know, there are all these evils going on and all that. It's time for all the this evil to stop and for people to pay and all and reckoning and all that. No. Those, are, those things are a waste of the energy of the souls of men. It's to scatter men, make the soul encumbered with too many things that don't matter. It, and if, this, if, if we're not careful, people continue that way. After a while, everything in the world will start offending you. When they say Paul, you say Paul's self. In Paul's time, I'm sure they were not. Were they racially integrated? He was speaking from an angle of a, a <laughs> what, do you, what do you call it now? You, if, if, when they're, what? From privilege? <laughs> privilege. I'm just, that's just an example. There are many, many things. May your heart not be... Not, not, not be sensitized wrongly. Amen. May you not be given sensitivities Amen. by evil spirits. Amen. May you never care about anything that heaven doesn't care about. You need to be like Jesus. In Jesus' time, you know the kind of injustice that was going on. If you just count alone what the Romans were doing. You know, when anytime Romans take over a place, they, they snuff the breath out of it. <laughs> Are you kidding? But, but Jesus wasn't seen. He wasn't his business. He wasn't his concern. You know, they were waiting for him to do that. He said, I'm not interested. We say, will you at this time return the kingdom to you? He had, it was, his heart was tuned to one thing. The will of his father. Praise the Lord. Let's just quickly see before we close. Let's see Ephesians 4. You see this, this, same, this same attitude of 
you know, of oneness. They see that oneness thing is a, when you begin to get closer to God, you now begin to see that that is a principle. If you can see, if you can see maybe the, the nature of, if they can bring, if you can see maybe, for example, Michael, Gabriel. You see those angels, their nature, if you can, if they can make you sight the way they are. Sometimes when they come around, some of the things you think they would do, they might, they might not concern them. You might think that, oh, if Michael comes here now, ah, all the children that are suffering, all the kids that are dying, all the orphans, all the widows, you know all the things that human beings, we, are, we, are, we think, our mind goes there as, well, if you can fix all these things, then you have done it. He can come and he might not even be concerned about those things. Those, they, are, they are programmed, they have a singular eye, a singular nature. Praise God. And that's how we ought to be. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, I therefore the prisoner of the law beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love. Amen. Can I read this place again? It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are what? Called. How? With all lowliness and with meekness, with long suffering. Say long suffering. Forbearing one another. You know what that means? Forbearing is not bearing. It's for. I mean, before the thing you need to bear came, you're already, you're already bearing it. You've already created space to bear it. You've calculated all the offenses that your brethren can bring and you've, you've expanded your heart. You're waiting for the offenses to come. You are ready to be offended in that way. Your heart has been opened to bear. Praise God. So forbearing one another in what? In love. And endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Amen. So endeavoring to do what? To keep the word, the unity of the spirit is in the word, in the bond. So that word unity of the spirit is the same thing in chapter 1, chapter 2, when he's saying by one spirit. Right? We have access by one spirit. And I said that that thing means the same spirit. Right? The same word. The same spirit. So if I use the one spirit, the way to put it is, is that the same spiritual operation or the same when you come under the same spiritual operation the same spiritual administration the same spiritual season 
So it means that when souls are beginning to have access to the Father, when you interpret and read the spiritual operation in the life of one and go to the other person and interpret this, the, the dealing, it won't look different. Nobody has their own customized way when it comes to accessing the Father. Amen. Because when it comes to the Father, it's not like Holy Ghost. There's a difference between Holy Ghost and the Father, right? Holy Ghost is... Because Holy Ghost, like when you get born again, right, you will see different methods of, of um, feeling and dem- ex- an expression of the Holy Spirit at that level. Right? Like, let's say you get to go filled with the Holy Spirit. The way they carry their spirit is different. One can be shouting like a ball, oh, let's go and tell you, where's God? That's his own expression. Amen. You are saying, who is this? What is this? What is this? Amen. Then the other person, they got filled the same time, the same Holy Ghost, so same, same meeting, same everything, same hand was laid on them. The other one is just always quiet and just, bless you, brother. Bless you. God loves you. You're blessed. Amen. Quiet. Amen. It's still the same Holy Spirit. You say, what, what's going on? Amen. So you see, the Holy Spirit, when it's coming like that, at that level, right, he looks at your soul. What's the best way to reach this person? What's the best way he, so he can express? You get what I'm saying? So you will see, you see a lot of diversity. So at that level of Holy Ghost administration, you see all kinds of things. And, so, and you see different churches have their own kind of Holy Ghost. You know, in the same Christianity, some churches, there are some churches that when you take two churches, for example, and try and line, bring them together, you wonder, is it the same God? Even? Is it the same? Is, are we in the same religion? And when you go into the practices, what they do, and Come here, this one is working. Things are working there. Go to the other one. What they are going after is also working. Means the Holy Ghost is still operating, making things happen. But you want, and sometimes you can even see their understanding might even be completely opposite. And the Holy Ghost is showing up there constantly, every time. Praise God. This one we say, you see in our church, we don't, we actually, we don't have pastors. We don't believe that it's, there are churches like that now. Even here in Ottawa, we have one like that. So we just have elders. We don't believe in that thing. We don't believe in pastors, reverend, or all that. We're just brethren. And when you go to the brain, you sit down there, Holy Ghost will come. They'll have meeting. They'll speak in tongues. Gift of the Spirit. Things are going on there. Praise God. Then you now go to another one where we all have it, the chief shepherd. You know what I mean? When you say chief shepherd, it's not the same as a pastor, it's a different thing altogether. <laughs> Praise God. And that chief shepherd, you can't, if you say, you can't say that the, I was led to marry. No. The shepherd can tell you, we tell you, okay, let me not go there. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to show you two different extremes of belief in the same thing. But in one way, God, Holy Ghost is there, he's showing up, doing things. The other one, they believe. So that will tell you at that level of the Holy Spirit, it's not, Holy Ghost is not particular about your doctrine. That's not, it's not about that at that level. You see all kinds of Christians, different. And that's where Christ, 
Christians, a lot of Christians are in that place. It's because the Father is not involved, mostly. Christ himself is not involved. It's just the Holy Ghost. And it's, it's a beginning point. Amen. But you now find that later on, when you begin to, to, to speak concerning access, access, with all those many things, access can open. For a church, a people, a person, a Christian to find access, they must arrive at the accuracy. Accuracy in doctrine, in thought. It means that there is actually accurate doctrine. It's not anything, anything. We believe this, we don't. No, no. Thank God you believe that. You believe the other one. Thank God. But there is actually an actual accurate one. That if we, are, we don't conform to the accuracy of the doctrine, the access to these persons, access to the kingdom, will not be given. Are you getting what I'm saying? So by the time you now, someone now begins to become interested in peace with God. They now begin to open the season of journey into oneness. That's why you now, you now, or you come into what we call the season of truth. Truth means the exact. If you can have three options, it's not truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? Truth has to do with oneness. Oneness is a property of truth. Truth is, truth is unitary. It's an exact thing. It is specific and it's precise. Amen. Amen. So he's saying here, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the what? In the bond of peace. So that word, the bond of peace, means that the, the unity of the spirit is evident in where? In the bond. It's hard to discern unity of the spirit before that place of peace. So, so in that place of peace, amen, that's where you find the complete unity, praise the Lord, of the Spirit. There's no time to, to explain that further. Let's just quickly read on. It says, there is one body, one spirit. Are you seeing everything? They say one here. One body, one spirit. You are called in one hope, not many hopes. Right now in the church, in the body, we have many hopes, Right? But there is really one hope. So it means most of those hopes are not hopes. That when you come to the hope of why we are called, it's only one. Then there's only one faith. Are you getting me? If you tell somebody, someone says, I have faith towards God, I move mountains and all that. I'm a man of faith. Praise God. Then they will now carry you to the second heaven. Praise God. And we now, when you get to the second level, you now realize that they now weigh you on the faith balance. That there's not one single faith. It's within zero. Or minus. <laughs> Are you getting me? So when you transport that faith of... Because in the second heaven, they don't move mountains there. Mountains don't need to be moved. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> All the things that your, that your faith does are not relevant. So, it, so it's not faith. When, you, when an angel says faith to a seraphim, what faith means to a seraphim is not all these, these things that we, talk, we call faith here. So that faith is actually one faith. 
It's called our faith or the faith. That the faith. The faith of God's elect. That's the faith which Paul preached. Amen. One faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and what? Through all. Praise the Lord. And in you all. Say one spirit. One spirit. Amen. We're in a season where the, the oneness, we need to come into the into oneness of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Oneness of who? Of the spirit. This one spirit by which we have access, we need to do everything that it takes to come into the, the baptism or under the administration of that spirit. Praise God. First John, he said the unction which you have received of him, that that unction abided in you. And you need not that any man teach you Praise God. He said, when it abides in you, it will not lie to you. Right? The spirit is truth. And then, as it has taught you, then you shall abide in him. As it has taught, you shall abide. It's as it has taught. As the unction has taught. No soul can abide. The reason why we struggle with going back, coming forward, going back, coming forward, going back, coming forward. Sometimes you forget completely. They have to now re- praise God by prayers, by intercession, by crying, advising, encouraging. We have to now find a way to bring you back. Again, it's because of the absence of the the unction. The, the unction is that, that minister that when you've turned up the message, you've left the meeting. You've gone away. That minister that keeps ministering. That he keeps talking. He's there on the inside. I say, okay, well, okay, I want this unction. I want this spirit. How do I get it? Praise God. Yeah. Whew, thank you, Jesus. I'm praying that such questions will be answered. Amen. When the revelation of the unction came for me, It was not maybe a, it was just a, it's, it's just a hard, it's just a hard thing. It's just, 
There's a way your heart can be positioned against a spirit. There's a way your heart can be open to a spirit. If you are sincere, what I'm saying, you will know what I'm talking about. What I mean is, not just, don't just take the words. Yeah, talk what you want to talk. Say it, let me go. You know, sometimes we think the message is a buffet. Pick what you, you agree with, what you like, and go. Some of us do that. When it hits what you don't agree with, you don't... Are you getting what I'm saying? You won't, you won't profit that way. What the, the, the purpose of words is to bring baptism into a spirit, into the spirit of life. Amen. I pray as we continue to open our heart that the, that visitation will begin to occur. I'm trusting the Lord for baptisms for many of us. Some of us, if you've dipped your feet into the the world, the realm of the unction. My, my prayer, you know how that vision of Ezekiel, the water was to the feet and then to the knee and then to the waist and that's how it will be to you. And if you've only tasted the, the dipping of your feet in the unction, it's not enough, it's just in the beginning. The operation of the unction can increase. Can increase and increase and increase and increase till your life becomes completely kept in the unction. When you are when you are kept in the unction, it will begin to teach. The training of the unction is abiding. Abiding means someone who it's your it's your habitation. You see, they see that habitation of peace we spoke read in Isaiah chapter thirty two. It's the unction that builds the house. It creates a home, a spiritual home for the soul to constantly stay. When you are abiding by the unction, counsel will never be far from you. Instruction will never be far from you. Wisdom will never be far from you. You will just find that you are somehow always walking in the right way. You are doing the right things. So shall it be. Amen. For us. Just begin on. Just begin on. Open your heart and just connect with the, with the Lord and with the Spirit. Just in the next few minutes, just, just give, give you a chance to open your heart and just register a quest. Register a desire. Oh, whatever this message has done for you, whatever, whatever image, sight you've, you've captured from what has been said, open your heart and raise a quest to participate in it. Register to heaven that you are interested in such dealings in such a place. If you say, okay, well, this is my realm, I operate here, there is more. It can, it can increase. It can operate at a higher level, at a higher frequency, with a greater strength. You need to be so full so immersed in the unction, in the spirit that the, 
the conversation of the world no longer has an impact. The world will lose its strength, its strength of seduction, its strength of deception. We will begin to hear only the Lord, only the Lord, only the shepherd. Our soul will be gathered back from every country where it has gone. Oh, Father, we ask for a release. A release this morning. Marika pahori kabresta parugre takamalori antabure de mosa. Rekama ye karige hori aravaso. Oh, ribahai. Oh, ribahai. Oh, ribahai. Oh, Ribahai, Kamara Rabahata, Sandalarabasto, Epanamarabasi, Eparamarabasi, Engarabasayarabo, Soteriedemo, Soyarabo, Engeriedemo, Tayarabasayo, Shendeleve, Ekayarabos, Engriaramasata de Broyos. Yendele Kayano Marado Saibur Yedi Alabahuri Edemosa Magayesh Shehan Saika Pahot Kail Kord Kail Kord Kail Kemano say Spirit of life Spirit of life Spirit of life Spirit of life Come and baptize Come and baptize Give your measures. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, our Father will bless you this morning. Lord, your word has gone forth. Father, we ask that your spirit will carry it. I ask, let the impartation, Lord, which you sent this word to deliver, let it flow, let it move into every heart. As many who desires their feet to be dipped and their body, their soul immersed in the waters of the Spirit, grant such, my Father. Let there be an increase, an abounding. An increase of the, the unction, the spirit of your life, the life of your son. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to you, your holy name today. We bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.